Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts now. It's been a crazy year. I think we've all been searching for where we are, missing the mark. It's just been one of those years where we've all been running and trying to stay motivated and try to stay focused and growing our relationship with God and be the best parent we could be, the best teammate at work we could be. But I don't know what it is about this year. It's just been fatiguing for all of us. Talking to Ben Corson today on SOS Radio. How are you? Living the dream, man. Thanks for having me. It's so crazy how we all try to rest, we all try to do things to refill our tank, but we all just feel like we're just barely refilling that tank as quickly as we're pouring the water out, huh, Ben? A hundred percent. Now, this is why I'm so passionate about perseverance. Let me say that word again, perseverance. Hebrews 12 says that Jesus endured the cross because of the joy set before him. So the Bible, now this is kind of old-fashioned. This is old-fashioned. The Bible really propagates this idea and ideal that perseverance is integral and germane to our spiritual health. And I know that's not always popular to say because we want instant gratification and feel-good quick schemes. But Angela Duckworth, she's the psychologist who did a study wherein she found that people who have perseverance for very long-term goals, let me emphasize the adverb very, very long-term goals, That's more of a key predictor and indicator of success than if they have health, social intelligence, high IQ, or good looks. It's literally your ability to persevere for very long-term goals. So that's why I want to encourage people, persevere, endure. We got through 2020. We're going to get through 2021. It's wild because Angela Duckworth actually studied a bunch of people that went to like West Point, the Naval Academy, all of these super high achievers, right? Like the guys in high school who have been thinking like, I got to get a 4.0 and I also have to do all the leadership stuff. I have to be the captain of the football team. I have to be at all these clubs like leadership, leadership, leadership. And it's like, okay, well, what is it that makes the true leaders that cut through and finish versus just the ones that are like academically smart or physically strong? And she really found as they dug into this, the ones that finished well, it had like this element of grit in their life that just pushed them through that kind of pulled a lot of that together. And I really, we're really realizing where that fits this last year, huh? I'm so glad you like to read that kind of stuff. You know, one of her <laughs> friends, I, I love, I love how we're on the same wavelength here. You know, Dr. Erickson, who invented the idea of the 10,000-hour rule, John Hayes, Malcolm Gladwell popularized it particularly. But what's interesting is he actually believed, this is up for debate, but I think you'll like this. He actually believed that talent has pretty much nothing to do with anything. Now, I I kind of, I'm curious what you're going to say about this, but like, people are like, okay, so if I practice for 100,000 hours, could I be as good as Michael Jordan? (laughs) <laughs> and most people would say no. Most people would say no. But actually, what he suggested is maybe. Because here, here's the thing. It's always a hypothetical. Did you practice for 100,000 hours? Or are you like throwing out these hypothetical theoretical ideas? And so what I'm saying is I just more and more the older I get, I, one of my best friends is a Navy SEAL and he Navy SEAL trains me. It is all about perseverance. See, the reason I love SEALs, for example, is because it's this grit perseverance thing on steroids. And what I mean by that is, you can be overweight, video game loving, you know, like have no direction in your life. And those are some of the guys who make it into the SEALs, whereas the top athletes sometimes don't because it's all about it's all about your mind. It's all about your mind. So that's what I want to tell people is like, 
rather than throwing out these hypotheticals, well, if I persevere, like, will anything really happen, bro? You can't think that way. Are you actually persevering? Because if you actually do, you'll find that pain forges your spirit into steel and tempers your soul into iron. And you, you have true grit and you can endure anything and actually live a victorious life. We're talking about the lost art of perseverance and understanding like what that fortitude is inside us. There's a mix of talent. Maybe it's grit. Maybe it's work. Or maybe there's an element of grace that we've really got to wrap our heart and our head around to really understand what perseverance is all about. And we're talking to Ben Corson today at SWS Radio. He leads Applegate Christian Fellowship, and he's a best-selling author. It's interesting because we were talking about grit. We were talking about perseverance a couple of minutes ago. And I had a friend that I used to work out with back before I had the dad bod, you know, because he moved away and I moved away and we don't work out anymore. But anyway, one time he was telling me, you know, we all think we're going to rise to the occasion when there's a tragedy or when there's a trauma or when we're faced with like a serious problem, right? We all think we're going to step up and rise to the occasion. But he said in his SEAL training, what they showed him is you don't ever rise to your occasion. Very few people rise to the occasion. Most people, they fall back to their highest level of training when they face trauma. And I was like, that is so good. Was your buddy a SEAL as well? Yeah. What team was he? Do you know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know what? Because because another one of my friends is an active SEAL and we train as well, but he's gone right now. Nobody knows where he is because he's on some mission. But basically, the thing that I've learned from them is that limits, and this is so important and I cannot emphasize this enough, limits are in your head. Limits are in your head. We have these self-limiting beliefs that I can't endure this training. I can't endure this heartbreak. I can't endure this death. I can't endure this hardship, but that's why it's so important that the Bible says train yourself unto godliness. So, so that's really good. You fall back to the level of your training. That's why we have to prepare for battle, but we also have to pre prayer for battle. And what I mean by that is Proverbs says the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And the horses back then were like tanks, horses and chariots were tanks. And so he's saying that we don't rely on our military arm or might. Rather, we depend on the Lord our God. We will trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's huge. We're talking with Ben Corson today at SWS Radio, and it's wild because I was at soccer practice the other night with my kids, okay? And my son's team, they're running around, and there's some kids. They're fifth graders, right? Like, kids, you can tell. That kid's got a lot of academic ability. That kid, he's strategic, and he sees the game. But this other kid, I see that guy's got the athletic ability, right? Like, he's got the grit. He's got the perseverance. He's a hard worker. And then you have the other kids that think they're talented, and they just want to rest on what they did when they were in third grade or second grade when they were the most athletic on the team. And now the kids that have a little more of the strategy for how soccer works and how a defense works when they're passing with others, they're surpassing the kids who think that they're all that. And they still think they're all that, even though they're getting outrun in these games because they're not conditioned. They haven't been running over this last year. We've got this new season. And it was interesting because as I was watching some of these kids, the coach was trying to explain, hey, if you try this or hey, what? What if you tried this or, hey, if you guys could do this triangle defense and we could run down the field like that, you're going to break through and nobody's going to be able to stop you. And this one kid says to the coach, this is actually how I play midfield, coach. And I was like, <laughs> you're in fifth grade, right? But it made me think about when we're teachable and when we're not, because the coach sees the potential in this kid and says, you know what? You're a pretty good midfielder. 
but you're in fifth grade. If I put you up against a high schooler who just started playing soccer last right. week, he's still going to outrun you, right? Because you athletic be, ability and his body mass, it's different. But if you're strategic, there's different things here. And so it was making me think about what it means to be teachable because pride always comes before the fall, right? And if we're not teachable, we're never going to reach the potential that God sees in us. And he's going to let us do our own thing and go through that season to try to figure it out. And we come back to him. Cool. There's grace for that. But in the meantime, you're right. Well, so when I do training with my buddy, Chad, you should have him on sometime. Chad Williams, you wrote a great book called Seal of God. But I'll tell you what, when we're doing cardio, I feel like I'm the man, you know, like when, when we're <laughs> running, when we're running up mountains, I feel like I'm the man. When we start lifting weights overhead, I feel terrible. So I said, Chad, like, let's start working on my shoulders and overhead lifting and throwing medicine balls out of the water and that kind of stuff. And what happened is we're always working on my weakness. So I start to feel like a piece of garbage, but that's the only way you grow. And so when you're teachable, like I'm having him teach me stuff I'm not good at, it's humiliating, but that is the only way to grow. It's been said, you can ask a question and and uh, look like a fool for five minutes, but be wise for life. Or you cannot ask a question and look wise for five minutes and remain a fool for the rest of your life. So <laughs> I just think it's so important to be docile. And then to use your training, to use your teaching, to then practice perseverance. I, I think of Julian Edelman. He just retired, I think, yesterday or a couple of days ago uh, for the Patriots. And he was a seventh round draft pick. When you're young, you can rely on talent. You really can. Like in school, like if you're just talented, great. But when you get older, it's perseverance that really matters. It's how much practice you're willing to put in. In fact, there was a study done wherein people who were at a music school, they all had sort of a similar level of talent when they got into the school. But the ones who got to the top rungs were the ones who practiced for 10,000 hours, not the ones who practiced for a few thousand hours because they just got by a talent. It doesn't work that way. That's why it's so important that we remember that perseverance has to be linked with teachability. Because when we have people training us or the captain of our salvation training us, we have to be docile and ready to take instructions. Hebrews 2.10, this is huge, says that Jesus, the captain of our salvation, was made perfect through suffering and bringing many sons to glory. He actually suffered so much that it made him perfect. Now, a lot of people think, how is Jesus so perfect? How is he so perfect? According to Hebrews 2.10, he was made perfect through suffering. And what if, this is John Hicks' Iranian theodicy, what if in order to be in the likeness of God, in order to reach the full stature of Christ, in order to live out our teleologic design and potential and walk into our destiny, what if it's suffering that gets us there? And so this is what Paul says, that tribulation is something we glory in. Like, when's the last time you did that? Like, I'm going to persevere so much, I glory that I got my heart broken. I glory that my car broke down. I glory that I got an F on this assignment. Because if we start, why do you say that? He said, we glory in tribulation because tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character hope and hope never makes a shame. So I'm all about that hope. But in order to have real hope, we have to learn the art of perseverance. And to get there, we have to be teachable by the captain of our salvation who himself was made perfect through suffering. And he captains and trains us to live our destiny. 
Yeah, we're talking about that 10,000 hours rule, that whole idea you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you might actually become professional at it, right? I'm Scott on SWS Radio. We're talking with Ben Corson. He's a best-selling author. He's a pastor. Ben, it's so interesting because we think about this 10,000 hours as like our quest to become expert level at things we like. But when we think about our faith, it works the exact same way, right? You know, we all start at a place where we accept Jesus into our heart. And that's amazing. And you confess your sin. You make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. And then half of us, we kind of just plateau about a year or two after that. And we stay at that level. And then others, they really dig into serving and reading the word and saying, I have a quest to know more about God. But it comes from actually reading and spending time in prayer and getting to know God intimately. Those 10,000 hours, you hit a spot where you realize, wait a second, Fear, hope, anxiety, that all looks a little different than maybe those first couple of years that I was a Jesus follower, which is awesome. But that quest for knowledge and that growth, if you want the peace, you've got to spend time in God's word actually reading it. That's interesting because Paul told the Corinthians, he said, I wanted to give you the strong meat, but instead you're only babies in the faith and all you can take is milk. And actually, that was a technical term in Greek philosophy. They would call that sort of elementary principles in Greek philosophy milk. But if you went to the really heady stuff, like you're in the ideal world of forms and like the eternal platonic thinking, man, you got the meat. So he was saying you're not even capable because you're not growing. And I think that's so important as we talk about perseverance. When you're walking with God, like I think I think having that grit is so integral, germane and essential toward our spiritual growth and development as well. Irenaeus believed that this is the best of all possible worlds, kind of like Leibniz, only he was a theologian. He said, this is the best of all worlds because it was built for our spiritual formation and our spiritual development and growth. And like, that's why I'm such a hope dealer, because I believe that even the bad things work together for the good. The way that we really deepen our understanding of the divine, the way that we really go deeper into the spirit world and not just satisfied with the milk going on to the meat and the metaphor that Paul used. Paul told Timothy he had to study to the point of exhaustion in Greek. I mean, look at Paul. Okay, He spoke five different languages. He wrote literally half the books of the New Testament. Paul the Apostle studied so much that he was from Tarsus, which was a university town. His uh, teacher, speaking of training, he was trained by Gamaliel, who was the grandson of Hillel. And Hillel was the most famous rabbi in Israel's history, the greatest rabbi. And Gamaliel's one argument, uh, one bone to pick with Saul was that he couldn't give him enough books. So Saul just kept reading so many books, he couldn't provide him enough books. So at the end of Paul's life, a lot of people don't point this out. I heard one person point this out. At the end of Paul's life, he's in a prison. And what was what did he ask Timothy for right before he died? He said, give me a cloak, give me some parchment, and give me books right before he's going to die in prison. Like, would you ask for books right before you're about to die? <laughs> he was studying until the day of his death. Like he was at death's door and he's still getting after it. And I think that sort of discipline is what made him Paul. And watch this. Paul said, I have worked harder than all the other apostles. So by, by the grace of God, I worked harder. That's what Paul said. Could that be why he was more influential than Peter, James, and John? These guys who were with Jesus for three and a half years. Why was Paul more influential? Could it be he just outworked them? And I think that work, I'm all about grace. 
But grace produces in us work, which Tertullian defined it as the divine energy working in the soul, grace. So it should actually propel us toward greater work. And it's interesting, too, because Paul's works are the ones that God chose to use as the primary part of the New Testament other than the Gospels. And he chose someone who was very literate and worldly, who at least understood how the world works and can communicate that, who could communicate both to Jewish people and to Greek people and understand the bigger thought of the day, where a lot of the other disciples were laborers and fishermen, and many of them were believed to not be literate, at least at the time when Jesus called them, right? And so you think about the ones that Jesus uses to tell that story and champion and lead the church, or at least put around that. And Paul was an academic till the day he died. Wow. I have not thought of that because Peter, James, and John, it said they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they had been with Jesus. But nobody said Paul was unlearned and ignorant. He got accused of being crazy because he read so many books. That's what somebody said of him. Your much learning hath made you mad. You know, like your much learning has made you mad. So you're right. Like Paul really got after it. He really put in that work. And I think that's what helped him to really change the world. So my heart for us and my heart for anybody listening is to persevere in your walk with God as well. Persevere in your walk with God. Put in that time to memorizing the promises. Put in that time to praying and going on walks with them and talking about your hopes, fears, and dreams. This will make all the difference in the world for you. We're talking with Ben Corson today at SWS Radio, and he actually has a book called Flirting with Darkness. And In the book, you deal with a lot of things, talking through depression and anxiety, but essentially it's about finding hope. And It's crazy because in this world, we know so much about God and we know so much about the world, science, but we don't seem to find that that hope that we're actually chasing after, do we, as a culture? We're needing hope really bad right now. And this This art of persevering hope is something that is in short supply right now. It feels like in our culture, because since COVID hit, the depression rates have tripled, have tripled. And it was already terrible. Like there was already, you know, a suicide every 40 seconds around the world. So, I mean, we were already a hopeless generation before. And that's why I started Hope Generation to really infiltrate people who feel like they've been isolated with this sense of sacred optimism, Jesus, joy, holy happiness, and calm delight. And that's why I'm flirting with darkness. I actually talk about the transrational psychospiritual forces playing on the battlefield of our neurobiochemistry, about how spiritual warfare and neurobiology go together to give us depression. And that's why we can also use those same forces. We can use spirituality and the understanding of neuroplasticity to start changing our brains. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSRadio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.